Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Always glad for the opportunity. And as Don says, I'm just the last minute choice. (laughs) That's okay. Any open door, I'm good to go. So I'm, uh, I really hope you're able to come to the crusades tonight and the prayers in the morning. Um, because, uh, almost 40 years ago, not quite 40 years ago, we heard the, uh, word of faith. And there are many, many messages out there. You know, some people are just mandated by God to maybe just to preach that one thing. And you think, well, there's other messages you can hear. Yes, there are. And we should just, we're so blessed because we can have a smorgasbord. You know, you can go on the internet, listen to tapes, if you have tapes, and um, whatever. (laughs) And uh, yet, you know, there's got to be a foundation besides uh, the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives us of our sins and the Holy Spirit who fills us with uh, his power. But you know, you have to have faith to believe. And I believe in all other things too, but faith is a foundation. And so um, we're really excited to have them here tonight. So I'm glad Donna's back. And you know, they are uh, very timely around here. So he took part of my time. Cody and the Holy Spirit and Dave took the rest of my time. But it's okay, it's worth it. I just want the Holy Spirit to move. Amen, don't you? So today the message is entitled, God is working in the darkness. God is working in your darkness. God is working. He's always working. And sometimes we get overwhelmed in life and we think, well, he's forgotten us or he doesn't know what's happening down here. I used to say, uh, do you know what's going on down here? And then I'd say, let me tell you. And then I'd start complaining. But God's word has a word for us in each and every situation. The thing is, what do you do uh, in your times of darkness? And that's the key. You know, uh, Dave and Cody had been ministering on going forward. And so I wanted to kind of keep on the same... uh, train of thought about going forward. I don't know about you, but it is hard to go forward in the dark. Uh, I live out on the river, and this week, um, it, I got up one morning, I get up, I'm a very early riser, and I got up, and I had to go uh, pick up my husband at the hospital from work, and there was fog. You couldn't even see five feet in front of your car. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I mean, I had to go real, real slow. You know, you couldn't even see anything. And uh, I knew that road well, because I've driven it a million times. I knew where it led, but I couldn't see. It was all foggy. You know, sometimes in our life, life is like that. You can see just a little bit ahead, but then it's all foggy. But you know on the other side of that fog, you know you're going to make your destination. You know it's something great is waiting for you. But once in a while, things get foggy. And so I, I always say to people, you know, you've got to have tools to live this life. 
And your tool that the Lord has given you is the word of God. And so you need to find a scripture. You need to have a scripture in your time of darkness to hold on to. I mean, you know, I've had times of darkness as we all do in my life. And so I take a hold of a scripture and I stand on it. I like Philippians chapter one, verse 13 says, my God can do all things. Amen. He can do all things through me. I can do all things through Christ. Or I say it backwards. Christ can do all things through me. I say it every way you can think of. I pray it. I sit with my Bible. I said, Lord, your word says I can do all things through Christ. Then I start thanking him. I thank you, Lord, that you said I could do all things. I thank you, Lord. You said all things. This is not too hard for you. You can do all things. And I just pray the word back to the Lord. I just speak the word. I live with that word. I sleep with that word. I have that word taped around my house when I'm going through a dark time because you have to have something to hold on to. And there are times in your life when you know, you're like, I don't know what to do. You know, the uh, Israelites were like that when they were in the wilderness and Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. And he said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And there are times in your life, you may not know what to do, but get that scripture, set down with it. Say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but I'm just like Jehoshaphat. My eyes are on you. Meditate on it. Pray it. Pray it back to God. Sing it. Sing it, anything, anything, just get it out there. You know, one thing we have to do is speak the word, speak the word. There's power in the word of God. There's creative power in the word of God. You can create an atmosphere in the word of God by just speaking it out. I remember I told this story first service that when Don was little and and he would even say these words, he would say this word, S-T-U-P-I-D, or he'd say this word, I-D-I-O-T. And that was a cuss word in our house. And I would say, you just cussed. <laughs> you just cussed. And we're not going to have that in this house. Oh, I'm sure you parents never said that. And so my mom, when I was little and said something like that, one of those two bad words, she would wash my mouth out with soap. Unfortunately, Don likes soap. that did not work for me but he did not like mustard so I'd say okay open up and I'd get my mustard (laughs) don't say that word again (laughs) but our words are important they create an atmosphere and what we say is important and it's powerful it's the word of God it's the creative word of God And so when we speak the word, I mean, you know, we can be in the darkest time ever, but we still hold on to the word of God and speak the word. And the word has in it the ability to self-create. When you speak the word, it's alive. It's alive. It's energized. It's powerful. It's like more powerful than a two-edged sword. It creates It changes your mind. It changes your action. Because when your mind's changed with the word, it changes your actions. And so when we're in a dark time, when we're going through a dark time, we speak the word, we hold on to the word. Now, you don't have to turn there, but the word says in John chapter 14, it says, do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come back and get you so that where I am, you may be also. 
So we know that whatever's happening on this earth, he says, trust in the Lord and where I am, you will be. Amen. So that's from the very beginning to the end. Amen. We are destined for glory. But there's this kind of in-between time. And I have to tell you that that scripture has challenged me many times in my life because sometimes I worry and I say, Lord, how are you going to do this? What are you going to do? But the word promises me. And sometimes I'll say, well, Lord, your word promises that I will get to glory. No matter what's happening down here, I will get to glory. But how many of you know, sometimes it's not just a straight line. Amen. It's not just a straight line. I live, uh, have a house in Colorado Springs, and uh, it's at 7,800 feet. And so from the bottom of the hill to get up to this house, it has what we call uh, switchbacks. Do you know, you know what switchbacks are? It just goes like zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. And so I always felt like, you know, am I making any progress? Sometimes I feel like I make, you know, take one step forward and two step backs, one step forward and two steps back. But if you keep doing that, if you don't give up, Listen, if you do not lay down in the middle of your battle and you do not lay down on the battlefield, you will make it. Amen. It doesn't matter if you think you're going forward and backwards, forwards and backwards. You will keep, if you keep moving, you'll make it. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. I want you to turn to Ruth chapter one. Ruth is a book for people who wonder What's happening with one tragedy after another attacks their faith? Has that ever been you? One thing after another. Ugh, I just got through that. You mean this? That's probably not you. It's probably just me. It's a story for people who wonder if living life for God as a righteous person is really worth it. Maybe I should have gone over there and made those decisions. Maybe I should have followed another path. Is living for God a righteous life? Is it worth it? Because you know it comes down to making choices. And then we may wonder, can anything good come out of this ordinary life? Ruth, uh, she kind of addresses all these situations. And we want to look in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. And it says... In that day when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem of Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he, his wife, and two sons. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife's name was Naomi, and his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrites from Bethlehem of Judah. They went to the country of Moab and continued there. But Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. Talk about tragedy happening. Can you imagine, you leave your friends, you leave your family, you leave your home country, you go over and you stay in a country that doesn't serve God, then you get over there and you're there and then your husband dies. I mean, I know the grief of a husband dying. I know how hard it is to get back up again in that darkness and go forward. I know that. But... Verse 3 says, but Elimelech, who was Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. And they took wives of the women of Moab. The one was named Orpha, and the other was named Ruth. They dwelt there for ten years. And then, look at verse 5, Malon and Chilon died also, both of them. So the woman was bereft of her two sons and her husband. 
Can you imagine the grief from her husband and now the grief of losing her children? You'd think, what is going on? What is happening, Lord? Verse 6, it says, Then she arose. Then she arose with her daughter-in-law to return from the country of Moab, Moab, for she had heard in Moab how the Lord had visited his people and giving them food. So now she got ready, she got up to go, her two daughter-in-laws with her. They start out on their journey. And life is a journey, right? It has switchbacks, it has uh, curves that you can't see around. And it was a dark time in her life. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been in a time in your life when everything is dark. Maybe you've made some wrong choices. Maybe you think you're in a wilderness and everything is dark and you're wondering, is God even working in this time? Verse 7. So she left the place where she was, her two daughter-in-laws with her, and they started on the way back to Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters, go, go return to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as, as you have dealt with me. May you find a husband. And then she kissed them and they wept out loud and they said, no, 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 we're not going to leave. We're not going to turn back. But Naomi said, verse 11, turn back. Why go with me? My life is a mess. It's miserable. Nothing good's happening. So go home. And then she goes on to say, my daughters, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Now listen to this. In her time of trouble, her time of grief, her time of darkness, she blamed God. She said, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. You know, sometimes we get in trouble and we say, you know, God brought all this calamity. No, the word of God says that God is good. God is working all things out for good. Sometimes we make choices. But you know what? You can't give up. You cannot lay down in the battlefield. Recognize that there's a battle all around you. The enemy does not want you to succeed. And so here she had heard that the Lord was blessing his people. And she thought, you know what? I need to get back home. I need to go back to Bethlehem. I need to go back where we came from. So in verse 14, it says that they wept aloud again. And Ophrah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. And Naomi said, see, your sister-in-law has turned back to her people and to her gods. You go with her. And Ruth said, which is the most famous, probably, scripture that I ever have read at weddings. Ruth said, Urge me not to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you will go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When Naomi saw Ruth was determined to go with her, she said, no more. Now, Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, and they were crying and crying and crying. And Ruth kissed her sister-in-law, and they were crying and crying and crying. And Naomi was crying. And Can you imagine being with three women crying? <laughs> and crying and crying and crying. But... One of them turned back, crying. The other one went forward, crying. And I want to tell you that you can go forward even when you're crying. 
You cannot just sit down and give up and sit down in the middle of the battlefield. You can move forward when you're crying. You can move forward when your heart is breaking. You can move forward when nothing has gone the way you had planned for it. You can move forward when you're dealing from uh, devils that are coming after you from the depths of hell, trying to pull your family apart. You're crying, but you go forward. You can go forward with your tears. You can go forward. You can go forward when your kids are are not following God and you're crying at night after night, wondering where they are, what they're doing. Yes, you may cry, but you can go forward. Here we have Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth said to her, no, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to stick with you. We're going to go. We're going to do this. Listen, she said, your God will be my God. I thought, my goodness, Ruth, really, this older woman just complained about God and you want her God to be your God? I mean, all you said about God is negativity. All you said about God was that he was bitter. All you said about God was his hand was against me. But Ruth knew in her heart that was not true about God. You cannot believe a lie. When you're in the middle of the wilderness, the devil will come after you, but do not believe a lie. You get up, you go. And you know what's finally, finally stopped Naomi from talking? Was the word, the words, the words that Ruth said, where you go, I will go. Urge me not to leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you dwell, I will dwell. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. It was the word that finally stopped Naomi complaining. It's the word of God that turned the situation around at that time. So here we go. Now you've got to get this picture. So now we've got two women, and let's just put it this way, they're moving. Oh. Can you imagine? I mean, I just moved into a house and had to downsize, and I just thought, what am I going to do with all this valuable stuff? <laughs> so you can imagine, here we have these two women. They were in Moab, and they wanted to go back over to Bethlehem. Now, it doesn't tell you this, but I love research, so I looked it up. And to get from Moab to Bethlehem is about 40 miles on foot, and it takes seven to 10 days to walk it. Now, not only that, they had to leave Moab. They were walking back to Bethlehem. They had to cross the Jordan River. They had to go on the other side of the Jordan River. They had to go up an elevation of 2,000 feet to get to Bethlehem because Bethlehem was in the mountains of Judea. So these women had a journey ahead of them. I mean, it was hard. It was dangerous. There could have been robbers along the way. There could have been snakes and scorpions and all manner of trials and tribulations, but they kept moving forward. The river didn't stop them. The mountains didn't stop them. The darkness did not stop them. So even if you're in a situation and things aren't turning around right away, remember Ruth and Naomi, remember their journey and you've got the spirit of God in you and you can do it. You can go forward. You can go forward instead of sitting in a pile and crying. You can go forward in God. You can go forward even if you're crying. So in verse uh, 
18, Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, so she didn't say anything. She said no more. Not for long, though. So let's go down to verse 20. Uh, well, verse 19. So they both went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred. That word stirred really means happy. Everybody was so happy to see them. And said, is this Naomi? And look at verse 20. And she said, don't call me Naomi. That means pleasant. Call me Mara bitter. (laughs) For the Lord Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. Verse 21, I went out full, but the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Can you imagine? Here she starts off again. She starts blaming God for everything that's happening. Dear brothers and sisters, God is not our problem. He is not. He loves us. He sent his very best to die for us. He loves us. But here she just kept saying, the Lord has dealt bitter with me. His hand has gone against me. This this is a terrible situation. She told her friends. I mean, she wanted to get other people in agreement with her that God was terrible, but Ruth didn't agree with her. And listen, sometimes it's tempting to go tell people all your troubles and all of these things are happening and to be mad at God, but you need to go to godly people who have the word of faith in their hearts. You've got to have friends who will stand with you and sometimes stand for you and tell you the truth. God's not your problem. You know, this is a side thought on why it came into my head, but you know, sometimes you have these friends that if you buy a pair of jeans and they say, well, does this make me look big on the backside? And they go, oh no, no, it's perfect, it's perfect. You know, that's not the kind of friend you need when you're in hard times. Now, I have no clue where that came from. (laughs) I don't think it was the Lord. You know what I mean? You need people who will tell you the truth. You need people who will stand. You need people who remind you of the goodness of God. You need people who remind you of the covenant of God, that you can make it. I know it's hard. It's difficult. We have compassion. We have empathy. But we have to know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And maybe some of our choices were wrong and maybe we're out there in Moab. If you're in Moab, if you're serving false gods, if you're out there drinking and running around and acting crazy and doing drugs and just being silly and squandering your money, you can come back to God. (laughs) He can get you out of that darkness. And so here they were, they came back. Naomi said to everybody, no, it's God. God's my problem. So Naomi returned and they came back to their country. Now, God is working in the darkest of times. Sometimes we don't even realize it, we don't see it, but he is working in the darkest of times. You know, uh, every word in this Bible is important. Every word. We think sometimes, well, I don't know what that means or that can't mean much, and we just skip over it. We just skip over it. I want to read this verse again. All right, verse 22. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And when they came to Bethlehem, it was the beginning of barley harvest. Now, we are gonna talk about barley. You might not have thought that was important. You might think, what does that have to do with anything? Barley harvest, 
Anybody here grow up on a farm? I see one person back there. Two. Well, I grew up around a farm and had to do a lot of plowing and planting in those days. You know, we had a mule and we had the plow on the back and it had that one blade. It was really hard. I was just a little kid and it was, you had to put all your weight down and you tried to run it down through, uh, you know, a piece of ground. And it was so hard because the ground was hard. But you'd have to break up that fa fallow ground so that you could get the seed under there. You know, combines today, I looked this up. They've got digital. Everything's digital. You just punch it in like this somehow, and the seeds come out. I mean, it plows. It puts the seed at the right depth, the right number of seeds per square inch, all of that kind of stuff. But you have to plow, and you have to plant that seed under the ground. And then you wait for the rains. And then when the rains come, the shoots start coming up out of the ground. And they come up. I'm going to tell you that it takes 70 to 90 days. This is important. This is not a farmer's report. This, it takes 70 days for that barley to come up and ready for harvest. Now, the whole point. 70 days, 70 days. Do you, un, do you know that when they were over there in, uh, in uh, Moab and they were wanting to go back home, do you realize that seed had already been planted in that ground? That seed that you couldn't see, they couldn't see, they were in Moab, that seed was already in the ground. Then they came along and they came at the time of barley harvest. They didn't come when the seed was planted. They didn't come when the seed was just this high. They came at harvest time and that's what they needed. They needed a harvest. When you plant, you're going to get a harvest. When you sow, you'll reap. But there is seed time and harvest in the word of God. And so that seed was already planted before they started their journey. God works. God was at work. God is working in your darkness. He's working. That seed is planted. It's coming up. Your seed that you have planted is coming up. Your harvest is on the way. Do not walk off and lead it. Leave it. Continue to water it. Water that seed that you have sown and let it come up and you will reap a harvest. They didn't come back when it was snowing. They didn't come back in some other harvest. They came at barley harvest time. That seed was already in the ground. What does that tell us? God works in the darkness. God was at work. God was at work. God is at work in your situation. You've been believing for your marriage. You've been believing for your children. I'm telling you, God is at work. Do not pull up that seed. You know how we pull up seed? By the words of our mouth. We say, well, it's not working. It's not working. It is working. It is a principle in the word of God. Seed time and harvest. God was working. It was coming up and they got there right on time. You will get there right on time. God is is working in the darkness. God is working in this hour for you and on your behalf. Amen. If you've prayed, you've spoken the word, you believe God, leave that seed in the ground and get you a scripture to hold on to and speak it. Pray over it. Praise God. Thank God for it because God works in the darkness. I know it just seems so funny that barley harvest would get me so excited, but I am so excited about the barley harvest. Because it was already planned. It was already planned. And you know, you wonder, well, that, that's good for them, but could, could anything, I mean, how can something so great come from these two women? 
So I wanted to teach every chapter of this book, but Pastor Don wouldn't let me. And so if you go to the very last scripture in chapter four, the very last scripture, it says in verse 22 of Ruth chapter four, Obed of Jesse, Jesse of David, the ancestor of Jesus Christ. Now, when they were over there in Bethlehem, Ruth met a young man whose name was Boaz, and they got married, and they had a child, and they named their child Obed. Now, I wouldn't suggest that for today, but I mean, if you like it, okay. And so, Obed, Obed. You see, Boaz had Obed, Obed had Jesse, and Jesse had David. You know who David was? David was the king of Israel, the greatest king. David is an ancestor of Jesus Christ. He's in the lineage of Jesus. Can you imagine these two women who walked across the desert, got into uh, Bethlehem, and God provided for them, and they stayed true. They walked in righteousness. They stayed true to God, and they made good decisions, and they kept their eyes on God, and God had a plan bigger than they could even imagine. I mean, Ruth was the great, great grandmother of David. What if they'd turned back? What if they'd turned back? So not only is God moving, but you know what you do what decisions you make. It's not all about us. There's our legacy. There's our children. There's our grandchildren. It just keeps going and going and going, our legacy. So what we do today will have great impact in the future. The decision you make today. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.